Well, good morning. Welcome back to Tuesday's episode of Let's Open the Bible. It's Gavin and Russ joined by my friend and mentor, Dr. Bill Greenwood. Uh, he is a retired professor of 30 years, served as an adjunct professor for Gardner-Webb University. How many years was that? Uh, about a little over 20 Almost 25, somewhere between 20 and 25, adjunct at Gardner-Webb. There's Middle, overlap there, right? You were pastoring and yes, doing that? Yes, uh-huh, right. Yeah. I did the uh, four satellites uh, that Gardner-Webb had at that time. It had 15 satellites. I was at four of them at various points. Well, we uh, are thrilled that you've joined us for this week of uh, podcast episodes, and uh, it is, it's an honor of always to uh, be able to spend time with you. I enjoy our conversations. I've enjoyed our friendship for a number of years. And then there's Gavin. And right. uh, so, right. hey, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Gavin. <laughs> then there's me. Yeah, that, I love that. Uh, <laughs> so, so today we're going to be uh, looking at First Timothy chapter two, verse five. And so, if you're able to head that way as you uh, are looking at your Bible, and then I'm going to ask uh, Gavin to read that after I pray. Again, that's First Timothy chapter two, verse five. Let's pray if we can. Father, we just thank you for your love and grace we don't deserve. Uh, Lord, as we, um, as we approach the beginning of yet another year, uh, Lord, uh, for some this will be a difficult transition into a new year. For others, this has been a difficult season of Christmas. Uh, but Lord, your grace is sufficient. And so, Father, we just thank you for all of the many blessings, literally everything we have uh, is from you. And so we thank you for that, Lord. Let us keep our eyes on you. Uh, Father, as we lean on you and trust you and acknowledge you in, in all of the ways, uh, Lord, that you would direct our steps. And so, uh, Father, we just praise you and thank you and ask this in Christ's name. Gavin? Amen. Amen. All right. We decided we were going with 1 Timothy chapter 2. Where are we now? Verse 5. Verse 5. Yeah, mm-hmm. for those that are just tuning in. All right, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That's right. And so we're talking today about that Christ is uh, the one and only mediator. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, the, uh, the narrowness of it is really uh, as wide as the arms of Christ stretched out on the cross mm. there, crucified between two thieves. He and he alone is that one mediator between God and man. You know, he's God's ultimate rescuer, redeemer, liberator uh, from our uh, separation from him and from one another. And uh, Be the Bridge, the, my book out on Amazon, simply uh, points ultimately to Christ and Christ alone as the one mediator. There's no other co-mediator. He and he alone is that one mediator. And I think that's good news, that uh, God didn't have to offer this uh, to any one of us, but in his outrageous grace, he provided uh, the will, the way, and uh, the means by which we can be reconciled to him and to one another. That's good news. Amen to that. You know, as I was, you were speaking there, I was just thinking about you uh, in your book. You shared some personal experiences about some of the struggles and and uh, 
some of the different things. And of course, it was a very different uh, period of time in sure. our country. Um, the, the the period that I'm referring to in your book was when you um, were in seminary and, right. and you had some gentlemen that uh, jumped you from the KKK. Is that right? Well, you're you're very kind to say they were gentlemen. I, I thought of <laughs> more as rogues because uh, under the cover of darkness, they uh, assaulted me and I was uh, pummeled. Uh, and uh, my car was sabotaged. Uh, we were trying to uh, reconcile the uh, black and white communities in a small town there at the seminary. And uh, these men were determined to uh, to say that uh, their group, their race, uh, was superior. And uh, there was only second-class citizenship for others, the African Americans. So, yes, there's a price to be paid for that. But it's it's certainly worth it. Well, and, and and as you were describing that, I appreciate you using the word second class citizens. I think so often, many of us as believers tend to view others as second class citizens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what and what we need to really understand is is that that Christ is our mediator. Yes. There's no second class citizens because right. there's no first class citizens. That's right. The ground is level at the cross. We all like sheep have gone astray. And, uh, and so in a, in, in a very practical sense, you were trying to imitate Christ yes. in trying to mediate right. the, this difference, this mindset difference that one group of people was better than another. Right. And I might not have gone about it in the most uh, effective way or the wisest way, but uh, uh, as a 20-year-old kid, that seemed to me to be one feeble effort to to mediate and be the bridge between these two groups. You know, the other thing that stood out to me as you were kind of describing that was, and I've heard this, people get kind of bent out of shape about the exclusivity. They they um, mm-hmm. right. They don't like the idea or they think that, that, that Christianity is exclusive and, and not inclusive. And, of course, we live in a culture that uh, claims uh, to be, you know, to strive after inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting about that is actually the gospel is available to all. Yes, it is. The, the yes. exclusivity of the gospel is is that Jesus is the only way, mm-hmm. and that's made clear in this passage that mm-hmm. there is one God that's exclusive, mm-hmm. uh, and that Christ exclusively yes. is the mediator between us and God. But that that. Yeah. Gift Christ is available to all, so it's not exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's inclusive of everyone. The offers are made to everyone. Yes, that's people true. exclude themselves. Right. Yeah, and God uh, was not obligated. Um, it may sound awfully uh, strange to us to put it this way, but He's not obligated to offer that reconciliation, that redemption to anyone. Uh, we're we are the creatures. He's the Creator. Uh, we're the uh, uh, pottery. He's the potter, and uh, he has ultimate sovereignty to do as he wisely decides. And as Abraham said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Yeah, there's no unrighteousness in God, is there? He is perfectly righteous. Amen to that. And uh, uh, we don't uh, we don't deserve uh, any of his grace and goodness. It's his unmerited favor, and uh, he's altogether gracious in offering it. So, and and you know he uh, this scripture goes on to talk about how Jesus gave himself as a ransom, right for for all. And that word all, as you have taught me, means mm-hmm. what? 
Yes, all means all, all the time, doesn't that's, it? That's right. And, and so, and, and it says that is the testimony given at the proper time, is that mm-hmm. everyone, the gift is made available to all. Mm-hmm. No one is outside of that all. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, uh, it should be uh, an attractive, winsome uh, invitation for us to, to throw ourselves on his mercy, knowing that uh, we have no merit of our own. Our good works are simply filthy rags in his presence. My mm. gracious. That's right. He and he alone is altogether righteous, perfect, yeah. pure. That, that's the whosoever of John 3.16. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it behooves us to uh, come before the judge of all the earth and uh, plead his mercy uh, to cover our sins. He's offered this pardon, and uh, today is the day of salvation, you know, why should we put off that offer? Mm. Uh, uh, my regret in my life is that I had not done many of these things sooner, you know. Uh, so, but I'm glad in the goodness of God, we can uh, come before Him with confidence that His goodness and mercy is available. And so, uh, I say to all who might be listening, uh, ask God to give you a real a realization of who he is and who we are and how we might be reconciled to him through Christ and Christ alone. As it says here, there's one mediator, one and only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, the God-man. God in, entered into his own drama, into his own creation, uh, into his own narrative, and did what only he can do. So good. And I love that Paul chose this word mediator. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a legal yes. term. It is. He's writing uh, to you know some of his audience here is going to be uh, Jewish. Right. They're very legalistic. That right. term would have stood out to them, uh, and 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 yet he's accomplishing the purpose of 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 pointing them in the direction of Christ, mm-hmm. that, that law doesn't save us, mm-hmm. but that Christ mediates, using that legal term, to reach a, a, an agreement, if you will, for a common goal, and that common goal is our salvation. Mm-hmm. And this comes from the man who was determined to put to death those who call themselves by his name and followed uh, this uh, Jewish Messiah, Yeshua, as the Jewish people would say. And that was a transformative event in his life. Turned his life upside down, or shall we say right side up, didn't it? Yeah, you're talking about Paul yes. on the road to Damascus. Yes. yes. Luke tells this story of Paul three times in the, his sequel, the book of Acts, of, of how God, through Paul, gave this good news to anyone who would listen. So, so good. Gavin, you're awful quiet over there. That is so unusual. I don't know if you was taking a nap or what you were doing over there. You guys have got it. Locked it down. Um, you know, I, if you're talking about a legal term, one of my favorite uh, passages is in the Proverbs where, where it says that he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord. And so you just don't have God overlooking sin, not one sin, not ever. He doesn't overlook sin. Right. So we got problems. We, you know, we, we are we are not reconciled to God. Uh Based on our works, you know, if you transgress one of the laws, you become kind of accountable to them all. You, you, you've separated yourself from God by sin and following the, the, our first parent, Adam, and, and, and of course, uh, Eve. But then there, there's this uh, uh, line in Romans 3, a verse in Romans 3, 26. 
uh, <clears throat> that it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might become just and the justifier, right? So you have this just God, but he also has to justify, he can't right. sin of the yes. one who has faith in, Christ, in, in Jesus, right? So um, that's the mediation that, that Christ provides. Mm -hmm. He is the mediator and he's the only one. So, um, yeah, yeah, that God would give us. So, so, you know, the problem is we enjoy our sins. The problem right. is we suppress right. the truth and righteous, yes. in unrighteousness. So we, we, we remain separate from God because we love that darkness. Yes, we right? do. John 3 reminds right. us of that. That's yeah. right. And, and then what? That's right. Men yeah. love darkness. <laughs> Men love darkness. <laughs> Don't do that. It throws me. Down, boy. Down. <laughs> Don't agree with me. It messes but, me up. But you did say something, though, that I think is bears repeating. That that all sin, right? So I think because you said not only you said that you know we tend to rejoice in our sin and that's true, but we also tend to diminish sin. We tend to look right. at certain sins as being small sins, like the little pinky swears or the little white lies. We use that kind of language to kind of skirt the issue of the reality, which is sin. That little white lie, uh, that little pinky promise that we broke. Uh, those things that we deem to be little mm -hmm. that we take so nonchalantly that mm -hmm. that's even we might joke about or, or just not even think about that we right. might not even give it another thought right that held Jesus to the cross well that's why I tried to emphasize with with dr. Greenwood when I appreciate that he, you know um, I mean if you look back at the first sin it's it's God said don't mm -hmm. and they said we're going to, yes. but, but in terms of the way we look at sin, it was nothing really big. He, they right. ate of a of fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was not a big deal, but you said, God show us who we are because mm -hmm. we've done that. Sure. That's enough to separate us from God. See, I do believe in the gradation of sin. I don't, I don't think that it's all like just, it's, it's, it's a, you know, I don't believe that every sin is the same. I, I don't right. think they're they're in terms of right. Greater is their reward and greater is their punishment, right? Mm -hmm. But every sin separates you from God. So mm -hmm. so first of all, let's just start. We've all done the, what you would call the small sins, and that's enough to separate us from God. Mm -hmm. But then the more we uh, we have these wicked and deceitful hearts that we can't trust, but the more we get in the Word, which is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, our sin starts to become, it, mm -hmm. it exposes, you know, right. it's exposed to us. Yeah. Like in, in Psalm 139, when it says, you know, search me, you know, Try me and know my thoughts and my heart and, and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Well, the word mm -hmm. does that work. It just brings to light our sin. And not only do we realize we've committed small sins and big sins and everything in between, but it's a perpetual pattern of sin apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Mm -hmm. right. That's right. why Paul can say in Romans 7, there's nothing good that dwells in me. That right. is in mm -hmm. my flesh. Right. Because like our natural person, the natural man, we're by, again, I said this yesterday, we're by nature children of wrath. Right. So now we get this view of ourselves as absolutely hostile towards God, mm -hmm. which is Romans right. 8. Right. But but Christ has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not, or God has done what, what the law could not do, um, uh, weakened by the flesh. He sent his own son in, in uh, the light of for sin, and what is it? In the likeness of sin and for sin, right? Like Christ came down to cover that mess that is mm -hmm. our heart right. and to redeem for himself a people that will be called mm -hmm. God's children. Yes, and that righteousness is imputed to us, not infused in us. Yeah. Uh, through the sanctification and and uh, redemption are two different things. So I get in trouble for the for, for using words that I don't under uh, that I don't explain. So that imputed righteousness, he became sin. Who knew no sin? Right. That's it. Yeah. That that's yeah. uh, that's his imputed righteousness credited to us, right. reckoned to us, not of our own. Put upon us, right? Put upon so us, right. so Christ lived the life that we were called to live in faith. Right, right. 
he was, which is the righteous life, the perfect life, mm-hmm. the sinless life. Right. You know, we don't have a high priest that is unsympathetic with our weaknesses, but one who in every, every way, way was, was tempted, tempted as we like are yet we are without, without sin. sin. So he, he, he is sinless. Mm-hmm. And his sinlessness was placed on us. Yes. And he took our punishment. He became sin. Not that he was a sinner. Not that right. he ever sinned. Yeah. He took on our sin. So right. our sin was imputed onto him and his righteousness yes. was imputed onto us. That's why we call it the great exchange. Yes. That, that's a beautiful term for it. The, the exchange really that is just supernatural. And uh, we're still amazed at it every day. There's this uh, fresh away awareness of that great exchange that he would impute his righteousness to us. Right, and I don't think that, that you really get the, the, the culmination of that good news until you get to this legal idea of how God is going to treat us. Right. He's going to justify us, declare us just. He's mm-hmm. going to treat us as if we had lived the life that right. Jesus lived, mm-hmm. that imputed righteousness. So just just to go to the grave, if we were just go to the grave and become a vapor, you know, right. an annihilationist where we just yeah. dissolve, that's not great news. But the no. great news is those yes. who trust in Christ now with this imputed righteousness, we'll be treated as if we had never sinned, which means that we have an inheritance in heaven guaranteed by the blood of Christ. And Christ, the wrath of God was poured out onto him, which, you know, I love, we we don't have time today, but to get into the formula, how does Jesus pay the the penalty of the sin of every person that would ever trust in him um, and and a sufficient sin for all people everywhere? Mm -hmm. How did he pay that in three days? Mm -hmm. Right. And some people ask that, you know, how can a man pay for the sins of all the world? He can't. He can't. But the God-man can go. and yep. did and yep. does. Yep. Truly. Vera homo vera deus. He is truly God, God and truly right. man. That's right. And uh, yeah, so so that, right. that infinite equation, like if you've ever done algebra, you've got to keep both sides the same. Mm-hmm. I wasn't right. ever good at algebra. I, I, I would either. Four to three people are bad at math. But infinite's got to be somewhere in the infinite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So. But, uh, you know, I've always stood amazed that, that uh, God looks at us and sees Christ. Mm-hmm. That's I, right. I have I have not gotten Christ. over that. Good. He doesn't see the sin. He mm-hmm. he sees the righteousness of Christ in us. I just I right. I, I don't understand that. Sort of. Yeah. But you still. It's sort of that. Yeah. But so we must all appear before the judgment seat, seat of Christ, Christ. so that true. each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, mm-hmm. whether good or evil. Therefore, right. knowing the fear of the Lord, Look. we persuade others. Right. So it's not as if suddenly we have an ignorant God. Right. It's we have a merciful God right. Right. who sent his only son and with him also freely gives us all things. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He lavishes, Ephesians 1, lavishes, lavishes. good gifts on us. I mean, right. he loves, it's the glorious grace of God. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as, sometimes we go, oh, he, he just, it, it's like yeah. God's over up there going, pick me, pick me, pick me, and right. I promise not to hold anything against you. That's right. not no. the God of the no, scripture. That's right. That. right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we need to be in the Word to discover more and more of who Christ is, who God is, what He's done for us. And you said before, and who we are. And who we are. That's right. Yeah. You you want to be humbled, and you right. want to be loving towards other people, which right. is where we were yesterday, I believe. Um, stand before the cross. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. And 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 consider that He's dying for you. Right. Then consider who you are, which you keep you know bringing up, and right. I agree with. Sure. I'm a reprobate, a rebel against mm-hmm. a holy God, sure. and he loves me and died right. for me. And then look at somebody else and go, but not you. You know, yeah. I, I told you, John Stewart, in my Less Sanctified Days, yeah. that John Stewart, he talks about his grandfather, I think. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Uh, he talks about his grandfather who came over and, and he said, you know, my grandfather, uh, this was a comedy routine of his, uh, John Stewart said, my grandfather, I think, uh, he said, my grandfather hates immigrants. The problem is he was one of them. But he came over and I think went through Ellis Island, but he signed, you know, the papers, you're now a citizen, uh, you're welcome to America. And he turned around and goes, we, we don't like you people. And I said, maybe that's funny, maybe it's not. But that's how we Christians are. Mm -hmm. We go to the cross. We don't deserve to enter into the promised land through the gates of splendor. We, we don't. Mm -hmm. Christ says, I've died for you. We get on the other side of the cross as if we've accomplished something and say, we don't like you sinners. What in the world? Yeah. Really? We're clinging right. to the cross saying there's room here for you too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Amen. Okay. Awesome. Well, fellas, this is a good place to stop. Uh, and uh, listener, if you'll just continue to open your Bible until we get back together tomorrow and uh, just learn and grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Until then, God bless.